There's a famous cartoon. In this cartoon, two people are looking at a number written on the floor. For the first person, it looks like a six. But to the other person, who is standing on the other side of the room, it looks like a nine. Whether it's a six or a nine depends on our perspective. We all have our own rose-colored glasses when we look at the world and assign meaning to it. The key, however, is being able to see how Scripture looks at the world. And Hamilton can help us understand how Scripture does this. Only then can we see as God sees and walk according to His way. You're listening to The Way with Father Dustin Lyon, a podcast of the Ephesus School Network. perspective on life and our interpretation of history is created by the stories we tell ourselves about the world. Each of us sees ourselves fitting into these stories in different ways, depending on our perspective. Not only does this create a unique perspective for all of us, but it also helps us create our individual identity. Much like our individual identities, national identities are made up in the same way. This is why founding myths are so powerful and cohesive. Just recently, I was able to see the Broadway play Hamilton. It just started streaming online. As many of you know, this play is a musical that's based on the life of Alexander Hamilton, one of America's founding fathers. The power in this story is the way in which it reorients the story we tell ourselves about the founding of our country. With this retelling, more people can identify with America's story. The old version of the story stressed Hamilton as a founding father. That title alone is very telling. It was a story of white men who overthrew the most powerful empire in the world to establish a country based on new ideals, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But, as we all know, those ideals weren't true for everyone. Hamilton the play, not the person, retells this story stressing a different aspect of Hamilton's life. Instead of seeing him exclusively as a white man, the play sees him as an orphan immigrant who is born to a single mother. His driving force is to overcome his low station in life and not throw away his shot. Ironically, at the end of his life, Hamilton does throw away his shot, but Burr does not. By stressing a different aspect of Hamilton's identity, the story is rewritten in such a way that more people can see themselves in the story. After all, 21st century America is made up of a diverse group of people. So the founding myth of our country becomes more inclusive. If people can't identify with the idea of a white man, they can now see Hamilton as an immigrant or as a person who started from scratch and worked his way up. In other words, people can identify with Hamilton in a way that doesn't include his skin color or his gender. I think this is what makes the play so powerful and why it's been so popular. Now, why would I start with a podcast about the Bible with my take on the play Hamilton? Well, because I wanted to show you how the play reorients our perspectives, and in this way we see the story differently 
For us in the 21st century, this is a good thing. I also thought that Hamilton was a good example of how Scripture works. Just as the play retold the story of Alexander Hamilton in a new way, Scripture tells the story of Israel in such a way to reorient our perspective. To give you an example, I'll start with the destruction of the temple that was built by Solomon. As most of us know, the temple was built in Jerusalem by King Solomon, the son of David. However, in August of 586 BC, the Babylonians came and destroyed the temple. Not only that, but some Judeans were exiled to Babylon while others were enslaved. This was not a good time to be a Judean. The story of the temple's destruction is told in 2 Kings. In the fifth month, on the seventh day of the month, a servant of the king of Babylon came to Jerusalem. He burned the house of the Lord, the king's house, and all the houses of Jerusalem. Every great house he burned down. All the army broke down the walls around Jerusalem, and they carried into exile the rest of the people who were left in the city, and the deserters who had defected to the king of Babylon, all the rest of the population. But the captain of the guard left some of the poorest people of the land to be vine dressers and tillers of the soil. 2 Kings 25, verses 8 through 12. From a historical perspective, this is a tragic event. The temple was where God met his people. It was where the sacrifices happened to cleanse the people and the nation from their sins. The temple was a part of their identity, and it was a part of their understanding of who they were in the world and how they related to God. So when the temple gets destroyed, the Judeans were lost. However, the Bible gives us a different perspective. It reorients us to see the destruction of the temple as a good thing. Not only that, but according to the Bible, it wasn't the Babylonians who destroyed the temple. It was God himself. The Babylonians were only the instrument, like a hammer hammering a nail in. Here's what Jeremiah wrote. For if you truly amend your ways and your doings, if you truly act justly one with another, if you do not oppress the alien the orphan and the widow, or shed innocent blood in this place, and if you do not go after other gods to your own hurt, then I will dwell with you in this place, in the land that I gave you of old to your ancestors forever and ever. That's Jeremiah 7, 5 through 7. So if God is asking them to amend their ways and to care for the most vulnerable in society, it means they haven't been doing that. This had been one of God's commands, essentially to love their neighbor, and they failed to do that, so God warns them. Jeremiah continues, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I myself will fight against you with outstretched hand and mighty arm, in anger, in fury, and in great wrath. I will strike down the inhabitants of the city, both human beings and animals, they shall die of a great pestilence. Afterward, says the Lord, I will give the people in the city, those who survive the pestilence, sword, and famine, into the hands of King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon, into the hands of their enemies, into the hands of those who seek their lives. He will strike them down with the edge of his sword. He shall not pity them or spare them or have compassion. That's Jeremiah 21, verses 3 and 5 through 7.
I would have hated to be Jeremiah. I'm sure the people did not take this prophecy very well. How would you feel if your preacher started preaching that God is going to rise up against you and destroy you? And on top of it, he's going to do so by using your enemies against you. Yikes. However, Scripture doesn't just reorient our view of the temple's destruction as God against his people. It reorients us to see this as a good thing, because it's a new beginning. God is going to make a phoenix rise from the ashes. God will show us how to truly walk the way so that we can be his people. Again, we'll turn to Jeremiah. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That is Jeremiah 31, verses 31 and 33. From this destruction, a new way of being God's people is created. We see how to follow God's way. No longer will a temple be needed. Now, God forms his relationship with his people by writing his law on their hearts. We see the path and start walking the way. For those of us who are Greek Orthodox, I think we should take note of all of this. As many of you are aware, the news tells us that Turkey is considering plans to make Hagia Sophia, the great church in Constantinople, a mosque again. Perhaps this is the destruction of our temple. Perhaps, instead of protesting and resisting this change, we should see it as a good thing. Perhaps God is trying to reorient our perspective. Instead of seeing this historically or politically, we should see it scripturally, as God showing us the way to live by his new covenant. So, like the play Hamilton, Scripture gives us rose-colored glasses so that we see the world differently. But this shouldn't be scary. In fact, we should welcome it. When we are able to see the world from the point of view of Scripture, we see that God is at work giving us hope. He can take a horrible, tragic incident, such as the destruction of his own temple, and use it to create hope. And through hope, we see God's mercy. Thank you for joining us. I'll be back next week with another episode of The Way. You've been listening to The Way with Father Dustin Lyon. This has been a podcast of the Ephesus School Network.